0: Hi, it's Cammie, Chris Kamara and
1: you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable.
2: Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. Welcome to episode 15 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage podcast. I am your co-host Jamie Robinson and coming up on today's broadcast we have an interview with modern day Wakefield Trinity great Michael Carkidas. But first let me introduce you to my co-host, my dad, Mr Trinity Heritage himself, Lee Robinson. Welcome. Hello
0: and welcome back to everyone to our podcast again. Uh, Our guest today played in an era that's so popular with our modern-day fans and listeners. When we announced that this fellow was our guest today, we had over 120 likes within the first day on our Facebook page. He's a Super League hero down at Bellevue. A big warm welcome to Michael Corkidis. How
1: are we doing, Corky? How are you? good. How are you? How is everyone?
2: Yeah, we're healthy, mate. We're good. We're good. I think the first thing I want to point out to listeners, me and Dad are in a cold, dark... Windy Wakefield at the minute, and Corky's just said he sat outside in his veranda. So it's, uh, there's a slight difference here in, uh, in, in chatting locations.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it's getting a bit fresh here now. Autumn's coming in, and obviously everyone's probably heard over there with all the floods and that, so we had plenty of rain. So uh, it reminded me a bit of uh, Yorkshire, actually, in, um, in, uh, in winter.
2: <laughs> Whereabouts is it you're located these days, mate?
1: I'm in uh, Sydney. Um, Born and born and bred here. Um, I'm, I'm the area that I'm in is St George area, so everyone knows St George Dragons. So in the NRL, so I'm in that sort of district. My mum and dad still live in that area as well. Um, so yeah, all all around, sort of where I grew up.
2: Excellent stuff, mate. We'll we'll dive straight in. Obviously, we know you you listen to a couple of our podcasts as well. You've mentioned it before. We asked the first question to everyone. It's exactly the same. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear Wakefield Trinity?
1: uh, I'll say fans, 100%, because that's one thing that sort of, for my first, uh, I think it was my first friendly against Featherstone. the fans sort of took me in, um, even after, you know, having a beer and having a chat. Very home club, family club, uh, I'll say it. Um, passionate. And a lot of history. It was. I'll sort of. I'll tell you the truth, I didn't know much about Wakefield till I got over there because um, everyone over here was used to watching Wigan play and, you know, all the St Helens and uh, all those sort of teams. Um, and when I went over there, it was... I sort of, after I retired, I think uh, it sort of hit me then, it was, a, it was an honour to play for such a historic club, you know, like when meeting Foxy, Neil in at our games and talking to him and all those legends, you know what I mean, it's a, it's a big thing and just to be a small part of that, for me, it's, it's a big privilege and you know how sort of the history of the club and all that, it's, it's a big thing.
2: With a name like Karkidis and obviously your international caps and whatnot, tell tell us about your Greek heritage. Is it something you're very proud of?
1: Yeah, very proud. Yeah, um, I speak Greek. A lot of people probably don't know that, but yeah, I can talk fluently. Um, And at home, we pretty much spoke because my mum and dad were migrants. So my dad came in, like a a lot of migrants came in the 50s. Um, You know, better way of life and all that from Europe especially after world war Two, so my dad came in i think he was in 56 i think um mum came up after they met he got married i got two older brothers uh then i was born and yeah uh, that's about it i guess yeah but uh league rugby league wasn't really part of my family <laughs> so it took my mum and dad by surprise when i told them i wanted to play rugby league there was um there's some deep conversations on the dinner table. Put it that way.
0: You've answered the next question because I'd heard rumours you could speak fluent Greek. So you can.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. There's not a rumour. That's that's true. That's true. So if we ever meet in Rhodes, where my dad's from, we can have a we can have a good conversation at taverna somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wonderful. <laughs> can we start with your life in Sydney in the eighties and tell us about your upbringing and you starting rugby league?
1: Yeah. Um, my upbringing was pretty – Oh, well, we had a good upbringing, actually, yeah. We lived by the well, – mum and dad still live there. We live by the beach, so we're pretty blessed in that sense. Botany Bay, where old Yorkshiremen came in, um, Captain Cook, so I live uh, pretty much just there. Um, and uh, being obviously from Greek heritage, all we knew was football over there, he's called us, so we call it soccer over here. Um, and all my friends played soccer and that was sort of the the go-to sport. Um, I never really was a sporting type, I think, till I was about 11 or 12. And a friend of mine at school said, oh, let's go try some, play rugby league. I said, rugby league? I said, oh, man, that's, that's only for like... That game's only for like beasts. Like that's not for me. There's no, no. You're, I think I was fast then. I was. I've, I've done a lot of athletics. I was, I was the hundred meters uh, sprinter. And he had this idea. I go, oh, we're going, we're going to have a game. And I think that was it. I just got hooked after that. But a lot of people don't know that I kept it quiet for my parents for about four or five years, I think, because I was that adamant, you know, not to play. Um, yeah, and uh, then I got called up to play for an amateur team called Tarrant Point Seagulls, which were f- sort of a uh, sister club to Brighton Seagulls, which is a famous club over in the St George area. Um, and I had to get a, a friend of mine's uh, mum used to wash my clothes, so I didn't have to take them home, so my mum could see that they were dirty from playing uh, from playing rugby. So <laughs> I laugh now, but at the time, yeah, he was pretty hush-hush. Um,
0: where, where did you tell your mum you, you were going?
1: Oh, she, I used to pack my bag and leave it my – my parents' house had a, like an old uh, you know, a, a hedge and leave it behind the hedge in the dirt there. So they used to come pick me up. She goes, where are you off? I said, I'm just going to go watch so-and-so play. Um, she goes, oh, you're not playing? I said, no, 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 because she used to see me with no bag or anything. So I used to, I'm just going to go watch them play. And that was it. I used to go grab the bag, jump in their car, bang, off. Come home, showered clean, so she had no idea. So, <laughs> uh-huh. so it was pretty, pretty funny. But um, I think it just showed how much passion I had for the game and the love that I had for the game that nothing would have stopped me from from playing it.
0: What position did you play in your early sequels, days?
1: Uh, believe it or not, I was a centre. I was originally a centre. I, I was fast. I was fast. Don't look at me now when I was when I was over there. But uh, yeah, I was pretty, pretty quick. And then, um, then I went to high school. Uh, played a bit of lock, which I enjoyed. I wasn't much of a ball player, as you probably know. Um, <laughs> so then, sec- I played second row as well. And then, obviously, when you go to front row, that's here, You stay there. There's no turning back.
2: So. <laughs> were, were there anyone kind of in the in the top tier of the game that you idolized at a young age?
1: Oh yeah, there was plenty. Um, well I came through obviously I started watching them more in the early 90s. Um and obviously back then Canberra were 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 a pretty dominant team. Um uh then I I, uh, I made the the Matthews Cup, which is the rep team for Cronulla under 15s. And I remember Les Davidson, which I know you probably know who Les D played for Warrington, I think, over there, didn't he?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um he came and done a he came and done a talk to all the kids, you know, all 15, and came in and I was, I was in awe of him. I used to watch him go, wow, he was like a, you know, uh, in awe of, you know, someone like that coming to talk. And I was like, oh, hopefully one day I'll, I can reach that level too. So, yeah, I'll say him, um, obviously Bradley Clyde and, you know, blacks like that at, at that era. And as the years went on, I think Gordon Tallis was probably, I had the pleasure of playing against him in my debut game. Over here when I was 20. So, um, forwards like that, I think, uh, I don't think you'll see again, to tell you the truth. But yeah, they're the kind of blokes that I looked up to.
2: Tell us about the time when you eventually told your parents that you were a rugby player.
1: Oh, I think I was uh, 13 or 14. And then, then, yeah, we just let it out. And uh, yeah, my mum wasn't too keen, but I said, that's it. Like, I enjoy it. That's that's my hobby and you know weekend thing and in school and yeah that's accepted <laughs> that's accepted as hard as it was um, yeah that, that was it so they're okay after that.
2: Oh, excellent stuff! Tell us about kind of your junior days then, because we've got we've done a bit of research and in nineteen ninety eight you were selected for the Australian school Boys squad. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I played um, because our my amateur club at the time was with uh, in the Cronulla area. So then obviously that 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 puts you in the Cronulla district for, for rep teams, if, if you call the same over there. Um, so I played Cronulla 15s and 16s. And then there's a, a, there's an invitation. No, it wasn't an invitation. So it was open trial for St. George. So I just went down, rocked up on the day on a Saturday afternoon, I think it was, tried for St. George. I was 17 at the time, so I was last year in high school made that team then obviously uh as a school football progressed um I got selected to play um I got selected to play for Australian school boys which Ben Jeffries was in the team as well I went in the same team same year which we toured New Zealand um and uh yeah that that was that was a big big thing you know for a that was a dream you know uh, to play at that level at that age for 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 Australia was was huge. Have you
2: travelled overseas before? Because I know youngsters sometimes it's the first experience going going abroad, isn't it?
1: Ah, uh, before yeah, uh, before coming to England, yeah, I was lucky enough. Yeah, we, obviously we toured New Zealand um, with the with the Australian team. I was 17 then, um, and just here and here. In, uh, where else have I been? I went to Thailand, I think. I think that was about it. But England. I went to Greece, but I was very, very young. But England was probably the furthest trip uh, coming over there when I was 21. That
0: 1998 schoolboy side you just mentioned—you was with Ben Jeffries. We had some big yeah. stars as well. We found the squad you went to New Zealand with: Mark Gasnier, yeah. Justin Hodges, Tim yeah. Mark Riddell, They are Brett Finch. Yeah,
1: yeah they're, all, they're all superstars, pretty much, except me. They—they they all kicked on. Um, some big names, yeah, really, really big names. Ashley Harrison as well, he ended up playing Origin, played for the Broncos, played for Souths. Um, but yeah, we're pretty much all, yeah, to be amongst all them, like, you know, obviously some, it happened, some faded out, but the most of us sort of kicked on and and played, uh, yeah, the next level, which was, and obviously some of them went even further and played Origin and for and, and for Australia and other countries.
0: Very good. What was your pathway next? Because obviously this is a big jump. You ended up at the Roosters, but you've already said you were in the um, Sharks juniors. You come from St George. How did you end yeah. up on that pathway or through to the Roosters?
1: Yeah, so I made the the schoolboys team in '98, and I thought, oh, sort of uh, that's it. You know, I I'll, I'll, I'll stayed St George, and you know, I'm happy here. Um, my brother said, oh, I think it's time for you to have an, an agent. I said, I had no idea. I had agent. What's an agent? He goes, oh, you need a manager now. I'm like, manager. I go, what's a manager? <laughs> and he goes, someone to manage you and, and help you out with, you know, with, with your career. And I'm like, oh, sort of. Oh, okay. Wow. So anyway, cut kind a of long story short, he bring a manager on, met him, explained what he does and all that. And uh, we had a meeting with St. George. It was okay, but it wasn't really what will what. What uh, what they had to say wasn't really a uh, sort of career path, put it that way. Then, no, sorry, that was before the the Australian team, before I made the Australian team. Then I made the schoolboys team. Um, Arthur Beatson was obviously there scouting and all that, and he must have took an interest, contacted my agent or manager straight away, and then that was it. Um, when I came back from there, I think it was November or December in '98. I signed up for the Roosters, so I would have turned 19 in January. So that would have been '999. I started there. Yeah, so it was uh, it was big beat. So that um, yeah, that got me the start at the Roosters.
0: Brilliant. So so your first grade de- debut came in 2001, but you must have had a Rooster Roosters pathway as well. So who were your junior coaches and your reserve grade coaches? Anybody we you know? Anybody had an influence on you? Uh,
1: yeah, oh, there's there's one bloke, um, Arthur Katinas. Now I'm not, I don't I don't know if you would name. Is he played for Souths? He played for Souths. He's been involved in rugby league, um, for a while. I think he coached Fiji at one stage. I think if that's right. Um, yeah, that's that's probably one bloke. But then obviously, John Carroy was a reserve grade coach. Dean Pay, if you remember those those kind of blokes, uh, they were all involved at the time. Um. In the junior levels, um, and obviously my head coach that gave me my opportunity was Graham Murray, which um, coach Leeds over there, didn't he? So, which is a, yeah, which is a champion. He obviously he passed away really young as well, but he was a champion bloke. He he, he really sort of uh, he made me feel uh, ten foot tall and bulletproof, as the saying says.
0: Was Phil Gould involved with the Roosters at this time, Gus?
1: Yeah, yeah, Gus was there too. He was sort of, uh, when I first got there in 98, he was the head coach. So I was 19, all the, all the squads were training all together. Um, yeah, but he was there. And then he sort of, I think he left about two years after that. Then, yeah, then um, Graham Murray came in in 2000, I think that was, yeah. Was then Gu- I got my opportunity in 2001.
0: Was Gus as inspirational as he comes across on uh, TV over here?
1: Yeah, he was pretty, pretty hard. Um, he's hard, he's hard. I remember, oh, yeah, I was 19 and then the, the the first team were playing and they must have had a pretty bad first half and then I, I was in the in the, in the dressing rooms just listening to what they're saying. He was kicking, the microphones were flying and the walkie-talkies were flying and the drink bottles were all over the floor and he was just, yeah, so he was pretty, yeah, he didn't... Um, he didn't care who you were. He said that. I remember he said that at first training session. He goes, "I don't care who you are. If you don't meet the, you know, the criteria, you're gone." So, which is a good thing, I suppose. It's got to be, you know, it's ruthless, but it's that's 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 how it was.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Friday the thirteenth is often classed as um, an unlucky day for us. I don't think it's the same over there. But Friday the thirteenth of April, two thousand and one, Sydney Football Stadium, twenty one thousand one hundred and twenty six. That was your debut against the Broncos. Do you remember that much?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It was pretty. It was a while ago. Um, it happened so fast. Obviously, at that level and those caliber of players I was playing against, they're all they're all internationals. They're all superstars. So. uh, but um, yeah, it was big, big day for me. Um, you know, any any anyone that sort of tries to get to that level and then finally gets an opportunity knows, you know, the sacrifices, the training, and all that you had to go through to to get there. And I was happy to get a, a minute, let alone just you know uh, play play the game. Um, but it was yeah, it was good, and obviously. It, were, it was even nicer because it was a grand final rematch from the year before, so it was a pretty big crowd um, and, and a big game. Uh,
0: some big stars in that side. Do you, do you remember your team? It's a, it's a, it's a long time ago.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, the big stars. Yeah, Or well, Moz was on the bench, I think. Who was? Big, big Adrian Morley, he was on the bench. Um, I started. Scotty Logan, he played for Hull FC. Um, then I was Shannon Hegarty, Craig Wing, uh, Anthony Minicello. Uh, off the list goes on. Brilliant, horses,
0: yeah, yeah, good memory. Yeah. Yeah. Brad
1: Fitler. Brad was there. Yeah. yeah, Freddie was there. He was. I remember sitting next to him, and my must have been my legs must have been like jelly, shaking just before we're about to run out. And he nudged me and he goes, "Hey, I'll tell you a joke." I said, "Tell me a joke." I'm <laughs> tense as. He goes, yeah, I'm gonna tell you a joke. I go, we're just about to run out and play. He goes, yeah, he goes, Don't worry about that. Just let me tell you a joke. <laughs> I, at the time I was like, this bloke's mad, but I now after, you know, when I looked about it after I knew he was trying to calm me down because he could see I was <laughs> I was I was tense.
0: Scrum off with Sam Obst as well.
1: Yeah, Obsty, yeah, me and him made that's right, I forgot about it. He's gonna kill me for that. <laughs> um uh me and him made a debut together, so same same game, yeah, yeah. So it was, which was which was nice, and like I said in rugby league, you you make friends for life, and we still talk every week now, so it's it's nice.
0: Brilliant, and that that Broncos pack you've just last mentioned them: Shane Webke, Seven Asiver, Gordon Talis, yeah. Shane Walker, Brad Myers,
1: yeah.
0: Wendell Sailor on the wing, Lottie Sakiri, Darren Lockyer, the yeah. legends of the game, aren't they? So and, yeah, and legends the game.
1: yeah, Lottie like I said, they were superstars, all of them. From 1 to 17, they were also, Carl Webb was on the bench. Uh, Luke Prudis was hooker. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I remember Graham Murray gave me the phone call about three days before that game and goes, oh, you're playing. I said, oh, wow, okay. He goes, oh, I've got another surprise. I said, what is it? He goes, oh, you're going to start. I said, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're going to start. And then... You're playing against people that you had posters of on your on your bedroom wall, which is which is you know it's it's strange but uh, amazing at the same time.
2: And you won as well. They were a big big win, big win as well. Do you remember? Do you remember the win?
1: Yeah, yeah, we did win. Yeah, it was it was. I, I remember the atmosphere was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was, it was a tough game, a really tough game. When you got Gordon Taylor staring at you at the first scrum and um, giving you a bit of a serve. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, and to get the win at the end, you know, it was bittersweet. It was nice.
2: How difficult was it for you to kind of break into that first team at that point? We know, we know how dominant the Roosters were in the early 90s. Yeah, it was pretty...
1: Because, um, as obviously, uh, obviously, you know, you with, know, with Moss coming over as well, he was, he was a you know big inspiration, big impact he made over here. It took him a few years, I think, to sort of settle. Um, and I sort of got the, the early days... Um, I was playing good in reserve grade, and my coach at the time, Arthur Catenas, goes, um, "I think you're going to play uh, grade soon." And I thought it was just, uh, you know, he was joking. He goes, "Just keep playing your way you are, and you, you, your opportunity is going to come very soon." I was getting a bit impatient. I was itching, just itching to play. Um, and obviously, yeah, there was a few injuries. I, Quinn and Pongia too. Yeah, I forgot about him. He was—that's uh, how I made my debut. He—he, he, I think he ruptured his bicep. I'm not sure. So he had to do a fitness test and I got called up just in case he couldn't play. And then uh, two, three days before the game, they said he can't play. And um, yeah, I got my opportunity.
2: Spot on. Um, Ricky Stewart came in the season after. Did you have much interaction with with Ricky?
1: Sticky Ricky? Uh, yeah, not really. That's to this day... I'd, yeah, still a lot of people still ask me um, what happened there, and I, I, I don't know, to tell you the truth. Yeah, just I know every. To be honest, um, every 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 coach will tell you they got their own style of players. Maybe I didn't suit that 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 style, and um, yeah, those other blokes that came in, and yeah, it was hard to accept at the time. I was twenty, and obviously the year before. I uh, had a taste of playing first grade. I think I played seven games, and then the following year only had one. So, um, yeah, I sort of had to rethink. You know what I wanted to do, and um, which is, yeah, it was it was tough. I remember that those times it was tough. And, you know, you look back now as you get old, and you're like, oh, you know, what was a big deal up, you know? But when you're in that moment, um, and how much it means to you. Um, playing and uh, obviously at that level as well and have it try and do it as a career and uh it was um it, it took uh it took it out of me a bit but then opportunity came to come to uh wakey
2: definitely so before we move on to wakey cocky well d- d- we d- you mentioned briefly about your representative honors but you play for new south nineteens and a curtain raise as well at state of origin how, how was that that must have meant so much to you
1: yeah, that was that was big too. Yeah, uh, that was. I think I was yeah I was nineteen, so that was under nineteens, and that was once again that was full of superstars too. Braith and Asta, I and mean, then I think after that, Braith and Asta played first grade. I think about two weeks after that, or a week after that game, um, he made his debut for for the Bulldogs. But that was huge. Yeah, it was a curtain raiser. Um, uh, I think it was the third game. I'm, I'm not, I don't remember quite early now. And after the kickoff, then it was just a massive, massive brawl, which you don't see anymore. Um, it was like, yeah, it went on for a fair bit, um, and we we went on to win that game as well, which was which was nice. But that was that was huge. Yeah, to play Origin at that age was, uh, yeah, really was exciting.
0: Some big names in that side as well. I mean, we've just got the, the teams near us. Uh, on your side, you had. Uh, do you have Jamie Lyon in the centre? You had yeah, yeah. um, who was the other one? Clint Newton at Newcastle. He's been over here. Yeah, you played yeah. against Brent Tate and Dallas Johnson. Big big names yeah.
1: again. Yeah, big names and and Monahan as well was on. the... He got man of the match that game. He was on our wing. Um, he played for yeah, he played for Warrington didn't he when he came mm-hmm. over there? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was yeah there and and yeah, there's a few other blokes that sort of kicked on as well. And mm-hmm. uh, Corey Parker, he played for yeah, he was in the Queensland team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I was—I think I was had a punch on with him at <laughs> that game. <laughs> yeah.
0: So mate, tell us how how did you end, how did you end up at Wakefield two thousand and two? What brought you to uh, to us?
1: <clears throat> yeah, then um, obviously things weren't working out at the Roosters under under Ricky, so I thought we've got to sat down with my manager and said, you know, you got to sort out what you want to do. And I was like, okay, well, what can we do now? You know, I wasn't sure, and. Probably a lot of people do not see that. I got a knock on the door. I was living with my parents. And Brian Smith was um there <laughs> with, a, um, with a, a, a friend of the family's. Anyway, Brian, I'm going, what's he doing? What's he doing here? He goes, like we'd say, he was coaching Parramatta at the time. And came in, had a chat. He goes, I want you to come to Parramatta. I'll see you here, you know, at this... Uh, this point in your career you know I'm like uh, I was like uh, I had to think about it guys listen think about it overnight I thought about it overnight said nah rang him back up I go, thanks but no thanks Um, and then my manager came through that morning I think the the next day and said oh you got an offer to go to play Super League I said okay wow it's a pretty big move you know I um, go, okay, what's the what's the club? Who's interested. He goes, The called Wakefield. I said, okay. So I started, you know, doing all my research and where we you know where it's at and all that. And and that was it. Yeah. I just said, yeah, where's the contract? Give me the pen. Let's do it. And and that was it. Made a decision on the on the spot.
0: Have you heard had you heard of Wakefield before? Had you seen us on TV or did you follow UK Super League on TV?
1: Like I said before, I followed UK Super League, but sort of over here. We knew of the, you know, like the Wigan, the St Helens, you know, those kind of teams. Leeds, um, I was, I knew where Yorkshire was, so that's, um, that's a, that's, a, that's a, that's, a, that's a plus at the time. Um, but I, I tell you the truth, yeah, I didn't know much about it. I didn't. Know, but then when you started doing my, you a know, bit of research and and how big the club was and the history behind it, I was like, wow, I'm going to a club that's got a, you know, that's that's done a lot, and you know. Uh, is 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 big up there in the north of England?
0: What were you th- What were your first thoughts of Wakefield as a city or the Bellevue? Uh
1: it was, it was different. Obviously, to where I grew up, it was it was different. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was different, but I I enjoyed it straight away. Straight away, there was there was no. I just straight into the the mix of it, and and I really enjoyed it. The weather didn't bother me. That never. I just. Took it on board. Never, never had an issue with all that stuff, and you know, it was yeah, different lifestyle and all that. But you just, you, 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 that's how it is, you know, when you, you're traveling and you know to progress your career. And you, know, you got to enjoy. You got to enjoy what you're doing and where you're at. Do
0: you remember your first match? It wasn't official, but you remember you mentioned it already at Featherston. Do you remember that friendly? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they call it friendly, but yeah, it's um yeah, it's, <laughs> sure I sure do. I sure do. It was, um I remember before the game, all the wakey fans were like, you know, you gotta give it to these blokes. And I'm like, it's a 10 minute, it's a 10 minute difference. How can they hate them so much? <laughs> we don't really get that over here. But there was a lot of passion. There's a lot of passion behind it. Um the derby. And you could sense that, and that's what makes it even special playing over there in in England. But, uh, yeah, I remember that day. It was, that day was cold, I think. Yeah, it was pretty It was cold. Um, boxing day. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, nice to wear the jersey for the first time and try and rip in.
0: Didn't you get sin bin in the first minute?
1: Yeah, it wasn't the first minute. Um, I'm not that bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know when it was. It might have been second half or first half. I'm not sure. Yeah, there was a bit of a scuffle there, and uh, yeah, I remember all the Wakey fans were cheering me on. I think <laughs> yeah.
0: that's that's when we fell in love with you. We knew, we knew you sort of hat were on your sleeve, and he'll uh, he'll do for us with that fella.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. Everyone after the game, we're at the the uh, back at the, at our ground, and everyone's like patting me on the back. I'm like, wow, <laughs> it was. <been, laughs> It was um yeah it was, it was it was nice it was nice the only thing I the only thing that got me by surprise was someone bought me a Tetley smooth and it was at room temperature and I found out a bit that was a bit strange <laughs> that was a bit strange. <laughs>
0: Do you remember your first grade debut your official one against Castleford?
1: Um a little bit yeah not much not much. Um, I think we did. We win. I think we win. He's probably not better than me. Yeah,
0: yeah. We won 2018. Yeah. It was a, it was a Challenge Cup game. Yeah, I know. It was, yeah,
1: it was close. That's right. I remember it was close. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, it was a good crowd there. I remember that. Like, all those derbies were there's there's passion behind it. You know what I mean? So it was it was it was good.
0: And the other thing that jumped out at us at the time was how many of well, we had a lot of Australians back in the debut. You were one. Um, Column Halpenny, Ben Jeffries, Matt Sears, Clinton O'Brien. Brad Davis was already here, Um, Adrian Vowles, and then um, Troy Slattery. Dallas
1: Hood. Yeah, and Dallas Hood as well. Dallas Hood, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we all came over together. Yeah, there's a few of us that came over together.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And um, it was nice to have like Troy and and Brad Davis because obviously they they, were in the UK before I got there. And it was always nice to get advice off them, you know what I mean? Sort of calmed you down and what to expect and what not to expect, which was, which was, which was good.
2: What do you remember about the early days of of playing at Wakefield, especially that 2003 season before it started getting a bit better in in 04 and 05?
1: Um, It was tough. To tell you the truth, I thought it was tougher than over here. Um, You know, playing against uh, Bradford at the time when I first got there, they were like, yeah, they they were a team full of superstars and, um, the the game was 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 tough, uh, and and I enjoyed it. I, I love I love that style of game, um, and I know the game these days has changed a lot. I've sort of lost to tell you the truth. I've sort of lost interest a little bit because of that. Um, but I remember as as been yeah, like every game was bruising. It was, yeah, it, was it was it was tough, and uh, two thousand three was good. I enjoyed it, and I was looking forward to obviously the next year because I was be more experienced playing in England as well. And we got some new recruits in 2004 and obviously we kicked on and we uh, were lucky enough to play the, the semis.
2: Definitely so, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very special season in, in Wakefield fans' eyes. Like you say, we finished six, went into the playoffs. Um Do you remember a great deal about that season? We had a great squad as well.
1: Yeah, we did have a great squad. Yeah, I do, yeah. Shane, Shane was a coach and... We had um uh who was our assistant coach? I forgot now. Tony
2: Smith. I
1: think Tony. Tony Smith. Yeah, Tony Smith. That's right, Smith. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was there too. So we had a good obviously to the coaching stuff, but the boys as well. We had a we had a really good connection there. We all got along. Um, you um, know, our trainer as well, Jeff Evans. We'll probably well, we were we will we'll really fit, you know, strong, and all that. He made sure of that, and. That's why I think it showed on the field and you know obviously when you got blokes like Dave Salomona, you know, Sid Domig, Semi Jalala and, and those blokes on one side, that's uh you're a force to be reckoned with on, on the field.
2: We found an old brochure that you did with with an old Wakefield program in, in your stint at the club. And you mentioned two of your favourite games of all time is making your debut against Brisbane and the whole FC game in the playoff. Um Incredible, monumental, iconic game is that whole FC game. Tell us about tell us about that evening.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, I think oh, the tension. I think in the dressing room, or probably just on just the tension with me, because I'm pretty before games. I'm pretty. Uh, I go into my shell, go quiet. You know, sit in the corner, listen to a bit of music, get in the zone. Um, but you could feel it. You could feel it. I'm pretty sure JD would have said the same thing. Um, JD will say the same thing and the other boys that were involved will say the same thing. I don't think we're gonna lose that day. Uh it was just you could see it in the book you know, in everyone's eyes, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously Holocene was a with a big club, so no one expected us to win to, you know, that's true. So we just came out all guns blazing, and um yeah, I still look back now and watch it sometimes but it still puts a shiver down my spine. It was, it was, it was awesome, really, really good. And um, I know a lot of players have mentioned it too. The Wakey fans behind those posts uh, at full time was, yeah, something you had to experience to, uh, to, to you know, to, to, to feel
2: it. Everyone remembers your run from, from the, from the uh, second half, from, uh, from the kickoff. When you kind of line up for them type of runs, what, what kind of goes through your head? Is it just kind of scuttle whoever in front of you or just run as hard as you can?
1: yeah uh, I think is run as run as hard as I can and wish wish all the best depending on who's in front um, yeah that, that was always there was always a part of my game when I was playing um, just to get the ball and run as hard as you can and try and tackle as hard as you can um, but I sort of so obviously they, they kicked off uh, to us. And it was a bit of open space. And I think I uh, I think it was uh, Nick Scruton. I think, I think yeah, he would have been young then as well. He played for Wakey too, didn't he? I sort of saw him a little bit in front of me and sort of skipped over. And uh, he might have stumbled, I'm not sure. And I went straight through and, yeah, and I don't know yeah how long the run was. I'll say it was 50 metres. JD might say it was 30 metres, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was around there, but... Yeah, it was. It was. It was not, I think after that we got a bit of a uh, a kick on, um, and that was it. Yeah,
2: very much so, mate. And then obviously we went into the game afterwards against Wigan, a couple of games away from a grand final. 14-18 loss. Um, Andy Farrell led Wigan on that day in front of 16,000 fans. What What do you remember about that day? Uh,
1: I think we should have won that game. Actually, I think it was a decision that went against us. Um, I don't remember exactly. Um, but definitely, yeah, I think we we should have won or had we should have had the opportunity to, to you know to win the game. Obviously it didn't it didn't work out, but um it was it was um it was sad because I think we 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 knew and that we we had a chance. We had it doesn't matter if we we're playing Wigan or who it was on that day, we, we had a chance.
2: What do you think it was about that that team? Obviously you've got leaders with the likes of Ellis, yourself, JD, Solomona. And we had really good youngsters as well. Was it just kind of a perfect mix of of, of blokes?
1: Yeah, definitely perfect mix. Um, you know, and obviously, if you get along, if you, in a team environment, if you get along off the field, then you're going to get along on the field. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer of that, um, and that's that's what I think happened that year. We all pretty much gelled, and uh, it showed. It showed by the results and how the season went as well. Any any clean
2: stories you can tell us from around that period, Carkey?
1: Bad stories or good stories?
2: Well, well <laughs> funny funny off the field stories, but let's keep them relatively
1: clean. Oh, okay. Oh, off the field stories. Oh man, you got me now. <laughs> we should have... uh, tell, no, me. No, tell us about. I know Jamie Field. Jamie Field was known as a prankster. I know one. At one stage, he went and put. Um, he took all my windscreen wipers off. And there was a day we we'll finish training, and it was raining. Rain was coming down that hard, and I was trying to drive home. And I turned my windscreen wipers on, and I was just scratching the glass. And I'm like, "Man, I knew it was him." I'm like, "Yeah, he, he was known for stuff like that." Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. So I, that nothing comes to me. Nothing comes to me. I was pretty sensible, so I, I, there's, no, there's no stories about me. <laughs>
2: Excellent stuff. Obviously, Jed, um, Jed Dominic and Gareth Ellis left the club soon after, um, and Shane McNally ended up leaving as well, and we kind of went back-to-back 10th place finishes and, and struggled slightly a bit more. But you stuck around for, for that time period. What, what, what do you remember about wanting to, to stay at Wakefield? Did the club mean that much much to you?
1: Yeah, I just, like, I, I re-signed. So the first year I got there, that was 2003. And I signed a two-year deal. And then the first year, uh, after the first few months, I just re-signed. Um, I think it was Ted at the time approached my manager and said, oh, you know, not, I, just, I just jumped to it straight away. I enjoyed it that much. And I just done an extension to, I think it was to 2006. So I just love the club, everything about it. Um, just enjoyed it. The people involved. It wasn't just about the, the players and the coaches, even the people from the top, you know, everyone involved around the club was just made me feel at home. And, and it was really nice to be a part of.
0: Tell us about, uh, uh, Gareth Ellis and Jason Demetrius t- told us some wonderful stories about David Solomona. Tell, he, tell us what it was like playing alongside him or even watching him train, because training sounded pretty impressive as well when he was around.
1: Yeah, well, I had the, I had the pleasure of playing with David the Roosters because they was at the Roosters when I was there. So that was, two th- yeah, 2000 he came over from New Zealand. Um, so I knew Dave... Not much because I was a bit younger, but yeah, I knew and I knew what he was capable of doing as well. He was known over here, you know, with his, he was a freak with the ball. Um, he could create something out of nothing, which is yeah, which is not a lot of people, not a lot of players can do. Um, but just uh, his persona and you wanted to be around him, sort of thing, um, and everyone respected him. So to have him in a team environment, those kind of players. They're, they're, they're rare and they sort of unite, unites the team and brings the team together, especially the, the young ones coming through, which is important. Um, and uh, yeah, he just had that that thing about him, that aura about him.
0: Wonderful, wonderful stuff. 2005, 2006, Jamie's just mentioned with Dominic and Ellis moving on. Back into 2006, we got stuck in that million pound game against Bradford Bulls. What's your memories of that? Was it a stressful time or...?
1: Oh definitely, yeah, definitely. It was um it was big, big for the club, uh, you know, for the fans and for the boys. I, I signed with Salford. Yeah. I didn't announce it till after the game. Um, so I, I sort of knew I was going. Uh, Johnny Ki came and had a word to me a few weeks uh, about a week before that. He said, just keep it hush. You know, let's get through this game and um you can I said, Yeah, that's that's fine, no, I respect that. That's fine. So um especially for the boys that were staying on, you know that that was a big thing. And no one wants to be part of a club that gets that gets sort of uh, relegated, you know what I mean? It, it's you know you want to stay up as much as you can uh, in that top that top level. So I remember running out and the crowd, I was like, wow, it was it was huge. It was huge. yeah, it was it was massive.
0: It was a sellout, wasn't it? I mentioned Bradford. It wasn't. Yeah. It was Castle of the Tigers. It was called Judgment Day. The million pound game was a few years later, but it was, it was an eleven thousand sellout. And eleven thousand. You never got eleven thousand at Trinity anymore. So the atmosphere nah. it was it was electric.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It was electric. Yeah, and uh, especially when we got the win and 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 the look on everyone's faces. You know the fans and you know the boys and I was. I think I was teary as well. I started crying as well because it was that emotional and. It meant, a, it, meant a, it meant a lot to us as players, you know, for our families as well. It meant a, it meant a lot. So you could I look back now and it was, it was a special, special game to be a part of.
0: So what was the thought about leaving? Obviously, you've just said there you went, you, you'd signed for Salford before that judgment day game. How did that come about? What, what was your sort of reasons for leaving and moving on?
1: Yeah, I think I'd, I'm not sure that maybe I needed a change. Um At the time, there was no... I really enjoyed my time there. Obviously, as you know, you know, I think I played my best years at at Wakefield, actually. Um, And then just an opportunity came up to... Salford came up, um, put an an offer in and it was a bit too good to refuse. I signed a three-year deal. Obviously, that didn't work because we got got relegated after the first year. Um, But on a personal level i i think i had a good season there so i was happy about that um but obviously salford got relegated which was a bit of a downer
0: mm. then you spent you spent like the next two and a half years at three different clubs you mentioned salford huddersfield castleford did you have any highs and lows at these times you mentioned your salford any highs and lows at huddersfield and castleford
1: yeah hundred percent yeah um cas was at the start it was yeah it was it was good it was good um Uh, Still, I felt there was something missing. So I'm not sure if that was me psychologically, or I'm not. To this day, I sort of can't put my yeah. And me and uh, I think it was Terry Madison at the time weren't sort of never. I never had an issue with with any coach all my career, but for some reason, yeah, it just didn't work out. And I just had to. I had to go. That was it. Like if if it's not working, it's it. You got to sort of bite the bullet and, and remove yourself from the situation. I, I did that. Um, I asked for a release and I went over to Huddersfield uh, where Nathan Brown um, just came from Oz to coach. And, uh, yeah, ended up there. And, yeah, I still don't think I got the opportunities that I should have had. Obviously, those more established players at the club, you know, that were in front of me. And yeah, sort of had to prove myself, um, you know, back to basic sort of thing. But a big, big Darrell was there at the time, Daryl Griffin, which old Wakey player as well. Um, yeah, then I played res- yeah, played reserve grade against Wakey at Bellevue. Then Johnny Keir came up and said, um, "Mate, what are you doing playing here?" I said, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know." You told me, and he goes, "Oh." We're gonna have a we got to have a chat, you know, and then that was it. And then he sort of bring me back. It happened that quick. Um, and then I've coming back over, which was which was nice. Yeah, it was. I was. It was a breath of fresh air.
0: Good stuff. T- three moves in two and a half years. Um, probably quite tough, really mentally. Are you a strong person mentally normally?
1: Um, I think I pretty am. Yeah, I think I think I am. It uh, could be the upbringing as well. We never, we just sort of got on, the way we grew up, sort of, I think that moulds you as a person, especially when you get, you know, when you're an adult and you face sort of, uh, you know, stuff in in life, just to get on with it and pick yourself up, you know, and just, you know, just get on with it, don't sit there moping around, nothing's going to work out doing that, so yeah, but it was pretty hard, no matter what people say, everything's going to be okay and give you a pat on the back and you're sort of waiting for that opportunity to get yourself back on the, as I say, back on the horse, you know? And that came with Wakey, which was through Johnny Key, which was which was good.
2: How did John Key compare to other coaches you've had? Because I know a lot of people say he's such a, a, a man manager, he's such an inspirational figure in the dressing room.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer of, I've never, I've never been into coaching, so um, I'm sure JD will vouch for this, but I think, the good coaches that I've had have been really, really good. I think eighty percent of it, seventy percent of it's man management. You can have all the best tactics and you know the the whiteboard with the markers and all the great plays and all that and all the Ubu tricks and all that. But if you haven't got man management, because everyone's got different personalities in a in a in a team, any team, any any sport, so you got to know how they all click and how to make them all click together and obviously individually as well. And Johnny Key had that. He had that about him. You know, some some players need a bit of a sorry to swear, a bit of a bollocking. Say it that way. Some yeah. need a bit of a cuddle, bit of a you know, a bit of a pat on the back. So that, that's just you know, that's how it is. And obviously, with Beans there as well, Paul Broadbent, they had a sort of good combination going, which was which was good.
2: You made another sixty-three appearances in this time period, Karki. But yeah, I, I guess when you were coming back, it's almost like a. An elder statesman coming back to 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 lead a bit more. Did you feel like a bit more of an experienced leader in the dressing room?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, like I said, Johnny Key got me there. You know, uh, because there's some young blokes coming through as well. So had a bit more of a senior role, which was which was nice. And you know, uh, it's nice for the the young blokes to sort of you know see that. You know, in the, in the, in the team environment, good atmosphere, um, which is yeah. It was, it was, it was really enjoyed coming back. It was good. It was good, and to have that senior role as well was, uh, was it was a big thing.
2: Did you ever see yourself as like a captain type figure, or is it just you'd rather just stick to your on-field
1: movement? Yeah, no, I'd rather just stick to the on-field. Let other, yeah, I don't think I had that sort of, yeah, as a captain in role. i not. I know I've done it with Greece um, a few times, um, but I sort of let. JD had it, you can tell, JD was born for, just as an example, you know, JD was was born to be a captain, you know what I mean? Good talker, lead from the front, you know, all that. So I'll sort of just concentrate on my job and and, and leave it at that. You, you left Wakefield as, as being
2: the fifth most capped Australian uh, of all time, actually, and you know, what does that mean to you? You made... You know, you made 168 appearances for Wakefield, and you know you're now in that top 10, even top five bracket now for Wakefield overseas players. That must mean must mean a great deal to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, that's 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 huge. Like I said, I thought I was only going to come over there for a year or two years. So to carry on and then to finish my uh, professional career with uh, with the club that I started off over there was was a big thing, and to have um, to be in the likes of uh, you know all those games with some uh, other great players is, is is a big thing and it's it's a real honour. Yeah, it just showed you how much I enjoyed it. there.
2: Spot on. I think mean, like you 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 went to Keithley with uh,
1: with your mate JD. How was that for a season? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously was over there too. Sam, Sam came over there too. Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was different. So it took a bit of adjusting to. It. Um, obviously playing semi professional and working as well. They got me a job there. Um. But just to be around JD and I think as well, going back to sort of not grassroots, but you're playing with blokes that just love playing. It wasn't about the money because most, all of them worked and worked hard, you know, a lot of them were tradesmen and, you know, coming to work, they still had their dirty clothes on, put their kid on, run out, you know, evening training and that, you know, they loved it. So it was nice to sort of, get taken back of, you know, how, how, how the passion of how people, you know, some people have it as, as plan, just to play.
2: And we've really dug deep for this one, Corky, but you finished off at the Dapto Canaries. Is that
1: right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had two years there. Um, so I came back from England. I thought I was all done and dusted and um, my manager, which is the same manager I had when I was 17. So I had him all the way, all the way through to my career. goes, you want to go and play, you know, and just semi-pro down at Wollongong? I said, oh, I was working. I started working at my, um, where I'm working now at the butcher shop. I said, oh, you know, why not? I do a year there or so and see how we go. So, yes, yeah, travelling down to Wollongong when it's, it's a pretty strong comp. It's well known. So there's some um, a lot of ex-players playing in um, some pretty good teams. Uh, Ex-first-grade players playing in some pretty good teams. So. Yeah, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it but yeah then the second year came and um yeah I think I I knew it was the first game um it was raining I think we've got it was a, I think it was a friendly I'm not sure we got we got we got pumped and I I rang up at the time it was my fiance and I said I think I'm done she says oh are you' serious I go, yeah I go, that's it yeah that's it cool um last year finished and that was it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we both travel down there and wollongong's a lovely town isn't it lovely place to uh, to visit
1: oh you've been down there nice yeah it is yeah it is very very nice yeah yeah really nice especially when you go even further down kiama and if you ever went down there that's that's beautiful and it's all rugby league down there it's all every sort of town's got its its own team so yeah it's big big part of the the area down there
0: yeah, and that Steelers ground, I think it was—I don't know what it's called now—but it was the Wollongong Showground. What what a view! You know, you actually sit in the stand there and you can actually see the ocean over the terrace and over the hill.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, St George play there now. I think it's—it's it's still. It used to be called Wind Stadium. I think I'm not sure if it's still called that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, you can hear the waves crashing when you when you when you hear it just before the kickoff. Yeah, it's nice, good spot, really good spot.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Before we leave your playing career behind, tell us about your Greek internationals because we've noticed you've played seven tests and you traveled far and wide. You played, represented Greece in Sydney, Budapest, Malta, Athens, and Belgrade.
1: Tell us about your Greek international career. You know more than I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that came along uh, the first game. Uh when was that? I think it was 2005 uh, I finished with uh, the season over there with Wakey then I came over you know holidays for about you know a couple of weeks and then Steve Georgialis gave me a phone call which Steve Georgialis played for Wakey there's another ex ex Wakeful <laughs> player and um and and good friend and he said oh do you want to play for Greece and I thought it was you know Greece what are you, what are you talking about he goes oh we're putting a rugby league team together. I said, we don't play rugby league. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm putting a team together, you know, if I'm, you're know, if you interested and I want you to captain it. And I said, oh, you know what, That'll be, that's an honour. That'll be, you know, that's for, for sure. Then I, that was the first game come over here. The game was over here against Malta. And it was a pretty good crowd as well. We just lost just before the bell, the buzzer. Um, yeah, that was my first sort of taste of it. And it was... It was nice and to be a part of it and to still be a part of it. Um, and yeah, we've done, like you say, we've done a bit of traveling. I was lucky enough to captain the first game in Greece ever. Uh, that was 2000 and end of 2006. It was my last year at Wakefield the, the first time. Um, yeah, that was, uh, it was strange, but it was also a memorable experience as well, you know, to, to be part of the first First rugby league game ever played in, in Greece is a big achievement.
0: Yeah, we feel as though, us, we feel as though we know our rugby league. We don't know many other Greek players. Where where were all these players come from? Were they from the junior leagues?
1: Yeah, a lot of them for junior from junior leagues. Um, even I didn't know where they, they came from. And, and not only that, they are good players as well. So a lot of them. There was a few that were from Wollongong. So that just shows you the the big catchment area down there. Um, and the rest were just from around here. And obviously, as the years are going on, there's more now. So Souths has got three of them that are in the top team, in the top squad. Um, and obviously, I played with Braith over in uh, Hungary, in Budapest, Braith and Astar. We sort of uh, co uh, captain that, 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 um, that game. And um, obviously, there's, there's a few. John Scandalis, he played for Huddersfield a few games, I think. He came over there and played for Huddersfield. Obviously, Steve Georgialis, but there's not a lot of us around. But, yeah, there's there's, there's probably more now sort of coming through. Um, like I said, it must be the the European parents background, you know? you got to stick to soccer because it's uh, a bit safer than playing uh, rugby.
2: <laughs> I think Billy Magoulias, who's just signed for Warrington from Quinola, I think he's a Greek international as well.
1: Yeah, Billy as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention Billy. And I'm, I'm close with Billy. Um, yeah, he's he's just signed there. I'm not sure if he's has he played yet. I know he had an ankle he had an ankle operation, didn't he? He mm-hmm. might be back in the next few weeks. Yeah, because uh, then he I had a, he came over to my house and had dinner, and um, he goes, can you tell me what it's like in England? I said, all right, sit down. So we had a bit of a a discussion, and I said, mate, you know you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna enjoy it. So just go over there and just you know enjoy the league. enjoy playing. You know, in another country, bit of travelling, and yeah. So hopefully, uh, he kicks on over there.
0: Great stuff. Just, just finishing off with Trinity. Um, who was the most talented player you played alongside in your Trinity shirt?
1: Most talented? Whoa. Uh,
0: or who did you enjoy playing say... with at Bellevue at Trinity?
1: Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. That's yeah. That's a. That's a tough. Ah, uh, man. Oof. Probably, I'll say Big Dave, Big Dave Solomona, because he could change a game just like that, you know, like a click of a finger. Like, um, yeah, he was a big inspiration and, and it's someone that you sort of look to to uh, sort of get you out of the mess, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And your career, you turned into have we've touched on it, but you must be proud of your time here because you are Player of the Year in 2006 and you were never present in 2006 and 2010. There's only five players ever in our history who's been ever present twice and you're one of those. Um, and Jamie's mentioned your 6th position on our overseas appearance makers uh, behind Dimitri uh, Miller, Ben Jeffries, a couple of all-stars in Dennis Booker and Gert Um, You must be pretty proud of your time at Bellevue.
1: I am, I am, mate. I'm very, very proud. That's what I said, when Lee contacted me to, uh, to do this, you know, podcast and interview, I was like, I just jumped to it. I said, wow, like to be just a small piece of, of the club's history is, 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 is huge and, and a real honour. Um, so, you know, you know that sort of something got left behind, you know, to be remembered, which is which is really nice. And like I said, the friends along the way, that's even more important. I got friends there that I still talk to, you know, ex, you know, fans still, you know, we message, we ring, which is which is special.
2: You know, Corky, you were very much my generation growing up. I, I grew up kind of round about the 0-3 or 4 team coming in. And, you know, you grow up in my generation, you're, more, you're playing in more million-pound games than playoff play appearances for weight more than anything. So we just look for players who have passion, great hard work and determination. And me and, and many others who will hopefully listen to this felt that you embellished that. And I think that's why you are such a modern day legend down at, down at Trinity as well. So I just want to thank you on behalf of of uh, our fan support as well for, for everything you've done for the club.
1: Oh, mate, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a really nice to hear that. I really, really appreciate it. And um, the club's always going to have a close part in my heart anyway. And I'm sure everyone knows that as well over there. Um, and it's, yeah. And... Hopefully, it kicks on as well to be, you know, the waifu that it can be, you know, to be that those top clubs.
2: Definitely so, mate. Just
1: before we round off,
2: tell us about Corky the Bloke. What do you do to, kind of in your time these days? Do you live a nice, quiet, relaxing life?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've always been pretty... Um, my life's been pretty simple, you want to put it that way. So, I run... So I came back and retired, and my dad and uncle had a butcher shop from 1971. They started it, Um, your traditional butcher shop, like the ones you got over there. I've got friends there as well. Um, um, Calga and Farrah, they got a butcher shop over there, which I used to use. So it's similar to theirs, Uh, your old traditional. So I sort of came over and I said, I want to take over that. My uncle retired, and um, I just took the reins now so it's mine uh dad my dad's 75 so he still comes around here and there and helps out and yeah that's that's my job and other than that yeah just family life and I love as well I love spearfishing that's that's a that's a that's a hobby of mine as well so obviously it's big in Australia um not about now because the waters are pretty bad from all the floods so but yeah that's yeah that's that's my um yeah, pretty simple and quiet. Yeah, that's that's me. I don't watch much rugby, um, like I think I mentioned before, like I used to say. Um, I'm sort of trying to get back in or maybe this year, but yeah. You
2: think you could have handled playing in today's game with all the crackdowns and whatnot?
1: I don't think I'd last. <laughs> Does that answer the question? much, <laughs> yeah. You probably know better than me. You've watched me play, so... <laughs> no comment on that <laughs> Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, watched, I watched the Parramatta game last week. That wasn't too bad, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know what it's like now in Super League, but, yeah, it's... Um, JD might kill me for saying this, but um, I feel like it's lost a little bit of its soul. I know that sounds bad. I've said it to some friends of mine, but that's just my opinion. Um... Yeah, it's lost a little bit. The game's lost a bit of its soul, and I, I understand they got to cut down on, you know, head knocks. That's pretty important because I've had a few um, and all that. But yeah, it's lost a little bit of its, um, yeah, if I want to put it that, yeah, just just a touch. And it's I don't think that's going to cut And I think a lot of it, it's lost its characters as well. I think that's sort of sort of drifting away as well. Um, like over there, when I came over there, Barry McDermott. You know, although, you know, those kind of that era, I don't think you're going to see that like, unfortunately, again, you know, the the characters of the game that bring something, an aura, not only on the field, but off the field as well.
2: Very much so. Michael Korkidis, you've got up very early in the morning to come and speak to us. We just want to say thank you once again on behalf of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast for coming on.
1: No pleasure, boys, and uh, hello to everyone over there. In um, whoever's listening over there, or friends of mine, and all the fans. And uh, I really appreciate everything. And over the years, it's been a really, really amazing journey. And to be a part of it was it's a real honour. So thank you. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 15 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. You can find us on all podcasting platforms worldwide. Follow us on Facebook under the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Banner and Twitter at WTHeritagePod for further information and real-time updates on the podcast. Once again, massive thank you to my co-host, Lee Robinson. A huge thank you to Michael Korkidis. I have been Jamie Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road.
1: Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable!